This is Sparrow. And Makeup and Vanity Set. And you're listening to the Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade may contain explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Paradise Arcade with Eric and Kyle. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this week we've got a very special episode. Uh, I have two guests coming on: Makeup of Vanity Set and Sparrow. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Or I us. just I, I want to <laughs> put up this. I think Matt, you've now officially crossed the threshold of being the most interviewed guest on our show. That's pretty yes. cool. Like across both shows. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So obviously there's something going on big with you guys. Uh that's coming out next next week. Next Friday, right? Yeah. On the yeah, April seventh. So uh the album. And I, I'm absolutely excited about it. I've had the chance to listen to it and uh thank you for sending that out. It's really good. Um so you know, I've got a lot of questions about it, but I'm really curious about how this came about and uh, what led you to to release the album finally. Well, um, so Eric sent me a bunch of he kind of hit me up on he slid into my DMs on Instagram. <laughs> nice. And he was like, uh, hey, he's like, you know, would you ever want to like work on some stuff together? And I was like, cool. You know that was that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And he sent me like a zip file full of stuff. And I was sort of in the midst of a bunch of things at the time, and so I sort of just slept on it. Didn't really do anything. And um, some time went by, and he we kind of just kept in touch. Um, and I, you know, through the through the DMing, I got the impression that like you know he was getting a little impatient, and I was like, I'm also like trying to like balance a million things and I was trying to get, and I felt bad about it. I really like legitimately felt bad. And, um, I finally was like, I need to, I remember, I remember vividly having this feeling of like, I need to go through this folder and make something because he's going to be so mad at me <laughs> because it's been so long. And so I just, I took some stuff and I did like one track and then I got COVID and I was like, in bed for a week and just watching movies and resting like super tired, you know, worn out the whole nine yards. And he messaged me, uh, I, it was like right around that time he sent me a, a message and was like, Hey man, if you're like not going to do anything with these tracks, like, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and take them and like make something. And I was like, no, 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 no. I like, I actually did something. I made something. And so I sent it to him and, uh, he was into it. And I got better from COVID, That's obviously. Good. And then yeah. like um, kind of just, I don't know, it was like one of those things where it was like making music for me is always a very sort of accidental process. I don't ever sit down and say like, this is what I'm going to do. And I have like plans. Like it was just like, I, it just happens. And I don't know, once we had that first track, like it just made sense. It like kind of clicked into place. And so he had sent me all this like kind of melodic stuff and, that was really cool too because it was all stuff where listening to it i was like these are maybe choices i wouldn't have made you know like it was the you know what scale what what key is it in you know like the tempo those kind of things and so for me it was like really fun because it was like i had it was like somebody sent me a sample pack or something you know to kind of like mess with and i really enjoyed that part of the process collaboratively and so I would just, so I feel like once I had sort of the first initial palette of like, this is what it's going to be, I just got to work and I would make stuff and send it to him. And it was a great process, but it was like extremely fast. Like Crazy I think the, fast. The, yeah. The whole record I think came together in like three weeks and. Oh, wow. Yeah. It just, it just, everything fell into place and I would just send stuff to him. I sent him Dropbox links through Instagram and he would sort of say, okay, let's, you know, he'd have some notes or like, let's change some stuff or do this or whatever. And we did that. And yeah, it was like, it was a really cool process. Like it was not, collaboration's hard, right? Because yeah. like you have that sense of like, 
this is a very, I don't know, intimate process of like making music and trying to say something creatively. And um, it's hard because sometimes like I live in Nashville and in Nashville, it's like people get together and they're like songwriters and they want to do co-writes yeah. and yada. And I hate that. I can't, I'm like really bad at it because I'm like, I don't know how to exist in this format. I don't know how to like, and I would say like with Eric, like we just sort of, you know, we had like a kinship because he's from Ohio. I grew up in Ohio and like, um, and we've been around the scene for so long. And so it just sort of, the whole thing just happened very naturally. And, and it was very unforced. Like it, nothing felt like we were like, you know, trying to shoehorn something into it. It was like, it just happened. And I love that about it. That's awesome. I have to say that the album length is absolutely right. It's a very like there's no there's no fluff there's no it's just really solid song start to finish and something you can put on and listen to uh, front to back and right. and just enjoy it uh, so I appreciate the you know it's like thirty four minutes uh, yeah I think and I think in the era of bloat in some regards but then also like the balance of like the TikTok you know, attention span, it hits that right. really good balance. And I think like, again, it's something that you just put on and listen to and it's cohesive also. Like, I feel like it tells a bit of a, a story, at least sonically or emotionally. I'm not really sure how you guys conceptualize the music. Was it more or less a, a musical dialogue between the two of you? Was it like, just you would listen to what one person did and then you just respond to it like a conversation that way. Yeah, it was more that way for sure. Yeah, it was, it was I don't think too much. I mean, I don't think we overthought it. I think he kind of loaded up the samples. I had sent him a lot of the stuff that I had made was uh, stuff from like I had written for Hyperlink Dream Sync that either didn't really fit or they thought I should use for another project. So. Yeah, I just, I, I definitely think we didn't overthink it. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, I think that, you know, we, it was very conversational and it was very, um, you know, it just, it just happened incredibly naturally. You know, it wasn't, it was overthinking is the right word. Like, we definitely did not overthink it. It was just sort of, I remember like putting all the, all the tracks in a folder and like Eric would be like, well, I think we have an album. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, here know, we are. I thought it was just going to be a single, honestly. Right. I really did. And then, yeah, we had an album. Yeah. I, I really love that. And I love that, you know, now you guys are the second to kind of do this. Two independent artists. You didn't necessarily make a, like, a super group per se. You just released it as Makeup of Vanity Set and Sparrow, you know, and Hotel Pools. And Allison did that last year, which I think mm. was really successful. And to see that same kind of like, hey, two established artists who are very competent in their skills and what they're doing. What is, what are those two people come together and what does that look like? And I found it to be really compelling and different. Like I think for people that like either one of you, it's going to be slightly askew from what they would expect. And I like that about it. Yeah. I mean, it's a, I think Synthwave is, is genre wise. It's, it's, it's so conducive to that. Like it's a, you can take a chance and you can kind of try to see where it goes. And I think that that's okay. You know, there's no, there's no pretense to it. Um, and also like we've just been around for a long time, you know, like going back to the very beginning, it's like, you know, the early days of tell the future and with girlfriend, like, I think that there's like so much history there. And so, you know, I think Eric hit it on the head. Like, you don't want to really overthink it. You just want to let it happen. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it just, it, everything just felt right. There weren't any steps through the process where I was like, ooh, this isn't it. Like, everything just sort of was like, no, this is the way it should be. It just, you just go for it and see what happens. Did you start to develop any kind of um, ideas personally as you were developing these things? Did you, like hear a song and say, Oh, it reminds me of this. Or I want to, I want to develop this idea more. Uh, I'm curious how, th what that back and forth looked like between the two of you. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think 
it's interesting. Like as the record came together, um, one of the things that I think felt really right was that a lot of like the the context of like album type or track titles and stuff like that, we really leaned into like the Ohio thing, right? Because we're both from Ohio, so like Rubber City is an Ohio reference, Zap is an Ohio reference, um, you know. And I mean, that may not resonate with people out there that just are listening to the music, but for us, it was like, there is a thing. There is definitely a thing about growing up in Ohio. It's a very like blue collar place. Uh, it's very generational, like people that are there stay there. And it's, you know, I think that, uh, you know, it just, it just sort of felt right to sort of ground it in that way. Um, I don't know. And how, you know, Eric, how would you describe this or how would this fit into your output? How would you compare and contrast it to what you normally do? Is there something that you were allowed to explore that you don't typically do working with Matt? Yeah, definitely. It, this release, I guess the way I would put it is it just sounds bolder than anything I've ever done before like big and bold. Um, I tend to, I can't make the same thing over and over. And I know um, Matt had talked about this a little bit in his interview or in our interview with Aaron, but you'll have fans that, you know, they like your old stuff, but I can't make that stuff like again and again and again. I gotta, I gotta do new stuff. So I feel like every one of my records is a lot different. And this is just kind of, it just adds to that. It's just a, a different kind of vibe, but you can tell it still has those Sephiro chords in it. It's yeah, I would just say it's big and bold. Even like down to that the artwork itself, like that's just what I see. Like it's just bold. <laughs> so how did you choose the the artwork? Was there kind of a conversation of like this is what you wanted to express, or was it just like this looks cool? Do you think this is cool? I think Matt was the one that suggested uh, the artist. Yeah, we, um, so the art's by Tiny Little Hammers, uh, Dylan Marcus McConnell. He's an artist. He um, did the artwork for my record, Music System. And he kind of came on my radar. He reached out to me and was like, you know, I'd love to like do something together. And at the time I had, years ago, I did like this uh, really long SoundCloud thing where I wrote a track every day for the month of October. And it was like this big horror kind of Yeah, Zytle systems. Vibe. Yeah, and, uh, and so like I, um, he and I, like for a minute, I was talking to a label about releasing that. And he came in and like made some cool artwork and I was like, this is really great. And then the talks with the label kind of fell apart and it just didn't happen. And I think he like took that work and just like said, can I like give this, use this on something else? And I was like, go for it. And, um, but I never forgot about him. And then a while later I was talking to ship to shore about releasing overpass and releasing music system. And, uh, when it came to music system, I just came back to Dylan and was like, Hey man, I think this would be a really cool thing to do. It was like very, you know, Tangerine dream sort of, you know, I was, I'm a big like Ed, Edgar Frosa and like, you know, that kind of spacey synthesizer stuff. And, um, he just made this thing that I thought was like absolutely perfect. And, uh, you know, I've been working on this podcast with Tenderfoot called high strange, which is about UFOs that just literally just came out. And um, I had given them Dylan's name to, like, do some design work for that. And uh, I was like, I don't know. I think this guy might be, like, a good fit for this. Like, I think we should, you know, give him a shot and see see what it looks like. And, um, you know, I think he really nailed it. It's it's it's, it's, it's kind of great because it's very simple. You know, it's not it's – not, um, Music System was very busy, but Music System is a very busy record. Whereas this, I think it just needed something that was – felt kind of pronounced and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, very like a singular kind of idea and, uh, yeah, Dylan crushed it. Yeah. It, it was fun having a new artist to do my work cause Phono Ghost does all my artwork. So it was cool having someone else involved with something Safaro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, you know, it's bold, it's stylized. It, 
is it's abstract, obviously, um, and I do think it really fits the music well. Like I think you could look at that record, and when you hear the music to it, then you're like, oh th- yeah, this makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and I mean that's one of the things I love about working with graphic designers is like when it comes time, and I mean now we're in this space now creatively where music is rapidly devalued and art is now of course through like mid journey and things like that it's been rapidly devalued even further but i think that like there is an important thing about like getting to the end of a process and handing it over to a designer and saying i want you to interpret this like i I need to go through your lens um and that's part of the process and that's part of the finished product and i think I think it's really important because I'm not a graphic designer, you know, and I wouldn't expect to sit down and say, well, I'm going to, you know, create the vision and the design of all this stuff. I'd like to bring someone in and hire them so they could do that. Yeah. And that, that leads me on to another component of the development. of This record is it's being released through Stratford and that's new for the both of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that come about? Um, really through Ben, through hotel pools. So I, uh, made a record last year that isn't out yet. That's going to come out eventually through ship to shore. Um, that involves a bunch of tracks that I put out through Bandcamp, including Sentinels, which was involved in stranger things. And when I put the record together, I reached out to, I, I asked ship to shore. I said, can I, get it mastered can i who can i pick who masters it and they said sure and um hotel pools and i have been kind of friends for a minute on instagram and i like how instagram is the nexus of yeah. all these things <laughs> right um but so like i reached out to him and i said hey man he he was sort of like hey i have all this cool mastering stuff you know if you ever need anything mastered and i was like great and i've been a fan of his music for a long time and so like i just said hey what do you think about this and so i sent it to him and he mastered it and it was it was great. Like mm-hmm. he just crushed it and I was so stoked about it. And so when it came time for Wayfinder, like we got to the end, we felt like we had enough tracks for the record. I said, why don't we reach out to Ben and see what he thinks and if he's interested in doing it. And he was interested in doing it. And, and I, I this was really independent of, of Stratford. Like I was just sort of like, I just want to get it mastered by him. Um, he did a great job. Um, and I, honestly, I will continue to work with him. I think he's fantastic. But like I, you know, I sort of was like, let's see where it goes. And as he's like working on it and sending stuff back and forth, I'm thinking to myself, you know, what labels are out there that might be good for this? And this record, one of the things that's interesting about this music is, you know, Data Wave and spe- Data Wave especially is, you know, it's not. Synthwave typically ends up being sort of a higher tempo. You know, it tends to be pretty driving. Mm-hmm. I think Data Wave lives somewhere in this like sort of gray area where it's like it's almost, um, it's almost like a the tempo wise. It's I mean it's almost closer to like hip hop or something like that. You know, I agree. Um, and it's very polyrhythmic. Um, there's a lot of polymeter going on, and and there's lots of interesting space but because you have this sort of you're stretching time and it feels kind of wavy in the way it's presented i don't know i just felt like the label label wise it made sense to go after somebody that was going to be more in tune with that and i had a couple labels that i was thinking about but i thought you know what i'm just i was like fuck it i'm just going to send it to stratford and see what they say because this is a label one of the things i appreciate about stratford is that the andrew the guy who runs the label is incredibly um, good at curating his releases, but he's also really good at, you know, visually, like he's a design guy. He's a graphic yep. designer by trade. And, you know, so I sent it out to him and I didn't expect to, I didn't really know what I would hear back. And Ben actually uh, messaged me uh, and was like, Hey man, he's like, Andrew kind of texted me and was like, you know, is this guy on the up and up? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing like and he's like we're we gonna be label mates and um and andrew reached back out and was like yeah man like i'd love to to do something so it just like again it came together very naturally it wasn't a forced thing i didn't send it out to a million labels i honestly i just sent it to him because i appreciated his label you know i appreciated mm-hmm. 
what I love about Stratford is it reminds me growing up as like as a kid, like going to Warp, going to record stores in Cleveland and just digging through looking for like Warp Records releases and just buying them because I was like, I love this label. And I feel like that's one of the things that's that Stratford has done, like as a niche. Um, there's such a hyper curated thing that people just seek them out mm -hmm. because it's like whatever the label is, you know, they they trust that the taste is going to be there. And so, yeah, I was, I was super grateful. Like I, and he's been a joy to work with and For between sure. him, between him and hotel pools, man, it's been smooth sailing, you know, and yeah, it's been, it's been a cool process. Yeah. It's a, you know, I'm happy it landed there and it doesn't surprise me because Andrew has been, has been dipping his toe into what you would call data wave, uh, Memorex memories last EP right. was very much data wave and then decisive koala released an album and it had a very strong data wave track on there and it's interesting that this term this new genre of music is is coming to fruition if you will and the fact now that you guys are you labeling um this record as a data wave record yeah, I mean, uh, probably. Yeah, cool. I would say so. I don't have any problem doing that. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like wave, the waves in general get a little overwhelming. Um, I don't know. Maybe Eric can speak more into that. Yeah, I mean, like I said in the the other interview, I think that it's hip hop, synth wave, and just bendiness is this <laughs> whole data wave thing, and I think that's cool, and I really don't mind being a part of it yeah i'm super excited that you guys um are releasing an entire record in this because i think you know for me personally it's one of the more exciting developments in the music scene and seeing people start to release more and more music and to have such well-established folks dip into this just sort of really in my mind legitimizes the the term the genre as as being a an actual thing because you know i've been following like clyde shelton and demon and delimiter right. now yeah. and, and they're all they're doing really interesting stuff and they've you know they were doing it before everybody else um but well, i mean it's it's kind of your fault like in a way because <laughs> you, you guys reached out to me about the demon remix yeah, yeah. and when they sent when when i got sent when he sent me the track I remember listening, it was Cannot, and I remember listening to it and thinking, I really like this track. Like, it's a really solid song. I don't want to, like, deviate too much from it. But also, like, as an artist, I've, I'd never really, you know, dug into the whole Data Wave thing. And I did the remix, and I kind of, I stayed within that lane. Yeah. And, I mean, it felt good, and it was a cool experience. And then shortly thereafter, you know, I ended up, digging into to the stuff Eric had sent me and it just felt like a natural progression. I'm glad that you don't yeah, mind me har awesome. harassing Sorry. you with, with music links. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and I was a remixer on that release as well, that demo. It's true. Yeah, it's it's such a solid record. I'm glad that that one got the, the vinyl treatment and in such a beautiful, right. varied way. Um, and yeah, I mean, and shout out, shout out to Sly Vinyl, honestly. Like, he sent me a bunch of records including that one um and i mean all that stuff is just incredible like the quality and the releasing and everything it's it's really nice so yeah that's been a, a very good uh relationship to develop um because i kind of do the same thing to him where i'll i'll send him stuff I'm like mm -hmm. you should listen to this you should listen to this and you know his commitment to making a really good package um and not just pressing it and and you know, not having a master, not having proper artwork for it. I'm really passionate about the format, and it doesn't matter who he's releasing; they're gonna get that attention and passion, no matter what scale or how well known they are. Right. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, that again, that kind of dips back to you know Stratford, you know, too, you know, with his with everything that he does for his releases it's the same kind of thing and i think you know having more voices with that with the very particular curation um really right. is, is good for everyone and and um 
I want to loop back around to Ben and the mastering thing. What sure. so you you liked what he did with you on the record that is yet to be released. What about his mastering or what he brings to the table attracts you or what you're like, this is the guy. Well, I mean, you listen to his stuff. I mean, he masters his own stuff at this point and it just sounds good. You know, I think for me, the true meter with mastering is, are they respecting the original file? They're not like, you know, um, blasting it to hell with compression and everything else. But like at the same time, you know, are they pulling everything out of it that makes it balanced and makes it feel good, you know? And I think what Ben understands better than most is, you know, when you listen to this, when you listen to Wayfinder, what you get right out of the gate is like the low end is really important. Like mm-hmm. It's a big part of the record. And, you know, he got that. He understood it. And I think that's something that he gets. I think he's a very... uh you know, his mind is very musical, like the way he looks at stuff and the way he thinks about stuff. And, um, but he's also, he also shares kind of that, you know, we, he and I talked on the phone a ton while I, while he was mastering my ship to shore thing. And it was interesting cause he, he and I are very much in the same like sort of neurosis of like, you know, trying to make <laughs> it, trying to figure out how to mix it well and like do all these things and blah, 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 blah. And it just, you know, um, it was, it was, pretty obvious that he cared a lot about it and he cared a lot about like making the thing sound good and you know mastering's a weird dark art it's a strange animal um i don't like to do it i don't like to do it myself yeah because i realize that like there's something to be said about handing it off to somebody and having them put ears on it and you know i was happy to hand it to him because i knew he was going to do great work and he did I mean, I don't think I think he sent everything over, and I don't I don't know that I had any notes for him on this record. Like, I think it was just like, this sounds amazing, sounds great right out of the gate. Yeah, um, it's one of those one of the things about Ben's mastering is that, and I don't know if if it's because of the genre of music that he works in or just his personality, but you can enjoy the record really in any environment. You could put it on in a car, sounds great put headphones on sounds amazing put it on a big system sounds great and you can appreciate different levels of things that are going on depending on where you listen to it and i think to keep it interesting in all the varied environments makes it really attractive and so like headphones man this record is killer but it's also like you just listen to it out and it's great um, right. And I think Ben has, he understands that, um, that people listen to music in different environments. It doesn't, what I appreciate is that he doesn't go, well, most people are going to listen to this on their $30 headset that came with their phone. Like right. he still gives the same amount of attention and the, the separation of all the elements because nothing is clouded, nothing is muddled. It's all bright and clear. And you talk about the low end think that is one of ben's strong suits is how to have the low end be very present and engaging but not overtake everything not muddle everything else out yeah and he i mean he nailed it i think it's funny because like i think about this a lot like working in podcast stuff you know the majority of the people that listen to podcasts it's like you know they just have their phone sitting on their kitchen counter while they're like making dinner and they're listening to like some true crime story right Mm -hmm. and so the idea is that there's a there's kind of a give and take there it's like yeah you're mastering it and trying to listen to it but also you're like thinking about it as uh, for me as a composer it's like i'm thinking about i really just have an audience of one it's not like i'm making a record that i'm gonna go play a show with it's like i'm just and so you really want to you want to like dial it in as best as you can but you also want to understand that like people are going to listen to this on like bullshit speakers Mm mm-hmm um, and I think Ben comes from, uh, you know, a, I mean, he had a fairly sizable band before hotel pools, right? He had, a, he had like a publishing deal. He had like a, he was doing stuff with labels. He understands the music business. He understands it. He gets it. And I think that, you know, that's useful. I think that there's a lot of space within small independent genres where people don't consider 
that stuff. And he does because he's been there. And, uh, you know, to me, that's what makes him such a good ally in the situation because he, he understands. Um, and like I said, like I'll continue to use him for as long as I can because he's great. What do you think, Eric? I'm, I'm really curious to hear your opinion when Matt proposed the idea of who to bring in for it. What were your actions? What are your thoughts? Um, a little hesitant, actually, <laughs> just because I wasn't familiar with his work, his mastering work, and I've only used. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me because I literally only use Phonoghost for like everything. But like, <laughs> he's who I put trust in. Um, he's who I've put trust in for a lot of years. He's done all my mastering. He's done all my artwork. He's done promotional videos like he's just so responsible for so much of the Safaro sound at this point um so it was a little when matt suggested it i was like oh man kind of want to use neil but once we got some a sample back it was like oh this is the right choice like this guy is killer so not that i don't think neil would have done an awesome job but like hotel pools was the right choice yeah, it's it's interesting to have that faith, you know, to to go outside your comfort zone and and see what yeah. happens. There's always that risk of, you know, is this per can this person bring to life what is in my mind? And I think yeah, obviously your relationship with Neil, like you know what to expect. You know, you kind of know what it's going to be. Um, and to work outside of that, I would imagine it would be a little. Uh, scary at first it, it is i mean neil is an honest to god wizard like the way he saved some of my tracks it doesn't even make sense <laughs> so like some old songs that i got off of a, a dead hard drive and stuff like that were in mp3 format I somehow were able to save and like build off of and put on my last album like yeah the dude is just amazing how did that relationship come about that you've you know, you've worked with that person for so long. Um, so Neil, I reached out to him on SoundCloud, like, gosh, when was this? 2015, 2016. Um, I think I asked him to be on Girlfriend Records. Mm. And he said he wasn't interested or he had something else going on. Um, but we kept in, in touch and... I don't I remember asking him if he wanted to collab on my album All Things Converge, just do a track. Um a, a track also named after a place in Akron. <laughs> um, <laughs> awesome. Um but yeah, we we collabed on that and then we got pretty close. Uh, I would I'm just a huge fan of him of his artwork, of his music. So the fact that he was down to collab on a track, I was super stoked. Um He's an old scam artist. He was on <laughs> scam back in the day. Oh wow! So wow, yeah. So it was really an honor to work with him. And then yeah, we we've just kind of built a relationship over the years. And like I said, dude's a wizard. I love working with him. He kind of looks like a wizard too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looked apart. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, the both of you um, have done so many varied projects um and you know i've done collaborative work with other people matt obviously you've got another band so to speak um mm -hmm. and other things cooking up and eric with you with with your um collaborative work um and it seems to be this like and then you both have Haley in common of yeah, being yeah. friends and collaborators and things like that it is such a tight-knit um scene and um so how is this like different from other collaborations and things that you've done? Hey, sorry for interrupting. I hope that you're enjoying the episode so far and that when you're done listening to it, that you'll tell us about it. You'll leave a comment. You'll like our page. You'll like the episode post. You'll share it. You repost it. You do all those things. Uh, all that kind of engagement uh, makes a big difference for you know what we do. We want to hear from you. And at the end of the day, it's as much about community engagement as it is about anything else. So all of those things, commenting, liking, sharing, following us, it all matters. 
We also have a Patreon where you can contribute as much or as little as you want. There is some exclusive content on there and we will continue to update that. But know that your contribution goes back 100% into the show. I'm not going to ramble on. Kyle and I would just like to say thank you for listening. Whether it's your first time or you've caught all the episodes, thank you. So without further ado, let's get back to the episode. We spent a lot of time in the beginning. I mean, it, the way it came together was kind of hilarious because I was just dragging my feet. I was busy and I, I was, I felt, I genuinely felt bad about it. I was like, I want to like try to make something and, and, um, I don't know. I mean, collaboration is an interesting thing. It's not like a, it's not like Legos, man. Like you can't just like plug and play and just do whatever. Like it's. It is a complicated process where you have to understand a common language and you have to be able to like, you know, relate to another person and gel with them enough to make the music. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that it's weird. Like I, I grew up in Cleveland and, you know, my sisters both live in Akron now. My dad lives in Akron. And, you know, when he moved, he sold the house we grew up in and, and moved there. So when I go home to Akron, it's weird because, like, I'm a sort of a nomad. Like, I don't, I didn't grow up there, you know. So it's like this strange existence. And, but I think that Ohio will always, I'll always consider Ohio home because I grew up there. And so I don't know. I mean, there was, a, I think there was a kinship that was, like, sort of unspoken in a way because it was like we both, come from Ohio and we both kind of share this sort of lineage of electronic music and we know a lot of the same people and we've done stuff and it just, I don't know. It just didn't, nothing about it. Like I said before, like it, nothing about it felt forced. It just sort of happened. Yeah. I would say that that's dead on. And I don't know. There's, I've been on both sides where like back in the day, I used to have a bunch of cork electrodes in my basement and I had friends that would come over and we would make stuff. And there's there's definitely an energy there, right? Mm-hmm. When you have all those people together and you're working together, it's totally. kind of missing from when you're doing stuff online. But the way we work online, like I wouldn't say it's all that different than like my collaborations with Hyperlink DreamSync. Like it kind of is the same process of I have this thing sketched out and I send it over and then wizardry happens. And it just turns out sick. And like that's exactly what happened with Matt too. Like it actually the the first track he sent me back is a, a track called Rubber City. And I wasn't expecting it to sound the way it did. I'll be honest. And it sounded so sick. So did yeah, I just I, I think it's it's interesting to think about like how collaborations the process is different, but I wouldn't say in this case it was that different at all. Is it, it, it seems, I get the impression that, you know, when you're, you're a kid and say you're doing a traditional band, you get together. Oh, do you know how to play this instrument? Sure. Okay. And then you kind of get together because it fills the need um, mm-hmm. where this is relationship is built over you know, being friends, having things in common, having similar language so to speak with each mm-hmm. other where you can relate to one another. And that seems where, you know, those collaborations that have come up for either one of you have been more based out, out of, and not necessarily a uh, collaboration of circumstance, but of, Hey, you're cool. Let's do something. And I like what you do. And maybe we could do something. And then it vibes out somehow. Yeah. That's literally how I've always done collabs. It's just, Hey, you're cool. Do you think I'm cool? Okay, let's make something <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because, like, some things take a long time, you know? Um, I have collaboration stuff that I've been working on. Like, the work I did with Jasmine for U-Drive, like, that came together pretty pretty quickly. Um, but it was its own process. 
you know, I have I've been working on music with uh with Dave with Baldacaster for a long time. And that's been a longer process. I have a record that I've been working on with uh one of my one of my oldest friends from the band Proto Men. And I mean it's been four or five years now. Like we've just been Wow. You know, we work on it and I don't know when that'll come out. I don't know. But, but like, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's just, it's just, um, they're all, they're all independent of each other. You know, there's yeah. no way to know how it's going to flow and how it's going to work and when it's going to come out and when it's ready. You know, it's the age old question creatively. It's like, when is it done? And with this, I mean, we knew like when you know you know like it the thing came together and it was like okay we have a record now and it just and it felt good and i remember i remember eric sending me messages and being like i just listened to the whole thing like all the way through and i think it feels really good and it we just knew you know it was like it was like okay it's done and it's a cool feeling it's a cool feeling to collaborate with somebody and feel successful about it and then yeah. to say we're ready to like put it out into the world you know is there uh, you know, other than the releasing the record, obviously, are there other things that you guys want to do for it? Is, is there like maybe video stuff or a thought about doing like one-off performances? I mean, is there some place that you want to take it other than just releasing the record? I don't think we've really discussed the future too be honest <laughs> we haven't like it's not been a i don't know i don't know right now like i've i'm sort of uh in this weird hiatus with live stuff just because live stuff got so stale to where i was like i just don't know what i want to do anymore you know i don't know i feel like i ran the 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 course on you know what i had been doing and i was like i don't know what i want to do now and I think it's important creatively to like take a step back from time to time and reassess. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, we've, we've been really lucky on this one with collaborators. Like, you know, Andrew's been a great collaborator at Stratford, uh, Dylan and tiny, you know, tiny little, tiny little hammers has been great. Um, and then for visual stuff, like animation stuff, we've been using my buddy, uh, Joey Chicoline who, directed the short film 8888 that resulted in that record. He's been doing some of the behind the scenes stuff on the animation stuff. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, man, I've been super lucky throughout the course of my career where like I run into people who are just creative and I love working with them and collaborating with them when I can. And I don't know, I don't know what the future is for this record. I think, um, you know, it's going to be great to get it out into the world and the response we've had to to memory screen has been fantastic and i've oh, yeah. been incredible. stoked about that yeah and so like you know we're just we're just kind of happy to be here <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems you know like you know again the memory screen i think is a great uh prelude into what the record is going to be and i think you know just off of that reaction i think people are really going to respond to it I, you know that that's just my personal feeling because i think you know with the the legacy of the you know the two of you plus going into this sort of newish genre that's exciting because i think mm -hmm. you know i love hey since i love synth wave and i love all the different waves um but it doesn't feel the same as it did like synth wave proper like five six years ago you know that that's sort of that creative right. edge like who's gonna you know what's the next thing that's really gonna be like oh my god it, it this is i've never heard this before in my life and i think going in the direction where you guys are with this record i think it's like people are going to respond to like where it has this been what is this I, I i need this um and so i'm really excited for it to come out um so yeah just where that's where i'm curious with you know, what are the thoughts for it? Obviously, we're going to see what people's responses are um, when it does come out. I'm sure um, it's going to sell out really quick. Have you, can you talk at all about the the vinyl and what that's going to look like? Yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, one of the things I love about what Andrew does at Stratford is like he does a lot of physical media and 
you know, very early on, he was very much like, we're going to do, I want to do vinyl and I want to do this. And it's been an interesting space for vinyl because through COVID, you know, vinyl delays out of the gate in the beginning were very bad. Uh Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he really forged a path for us to get it made. And the process of having that ordered out manufacturing, it went pretty quickly. Like stuff came in, like what's nice about this record too, is like Andrew was very much on board with like, let's do all the physical media, get it made. And then when the album comes out, it's like, that's it. And we ship it. Like it's not a pre-order to like fund the, the physical media. Like the media is there. He's got it. So um, and I, for me personally, like that was important because I think there's a lot of, that's been one of the sort of downsides of all of this is you have a lot of labels that are like, Hey, we're going to do this release. It's going to be physical media. And then you order it and then you wait for like six months, uh, until the vinyl's ready to go. And in this case, like everything's there, everything's, you know, completely set up. He's already sent copies. Uh, you know, I have a copy of the record and, it looks great. Like I'm super stoked about it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for it to get out into the world so people can, you know, put their hands on it and listen to it. Um, and the, the vinyl variant that we ended up going with is like actually really incredible as well. Matt, do you, would you mind if I dropped it in this chat so we could see it or is that no go? (laughs) No. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Oh, awesome. You're gonna make everyone jealous. Um, no one can see it. No one until it's released. Yeah, yeah the variant it, is really cool. Um, yeah, I'm super pumped, and I and I love that Andrew does that. He is someone that does it right. Oh wow! Holy smokes! Yeah. Okay. Yeah he he sent us like a whole bunch of variants, and we kind of looked at them, and we we're like, okay, you know, like cool. And then when I don't know something about this one, it just like it. The vinyl, like, palette-wise, you know, fits all the stuff from the cover in, like, a really interesting way. And I was I was just super stoked about it. So it's interesting. I was talking to another person, friend of mine, who's uh, in the mm-hmm. data wave scene, so to speak. And we're talking about releases and things that are coming up. And I was thinking about, like, you know, who, what is the, the aesthetic of data wave? You know, like. Synthwave has its stuff. Chill Synth mm-hmm. has kind of hit its stuff. And, you know, you, it, it, to a certain extent, like Andrew has really developed that visual language for that. Right. Um, and I'm like, but what is the visual language for Data Wave? And I feel like looking at this record, like, yeah, it's banging. It's really good. <laughs> I think, you, I man. think I, one of the things I always thought about was like, and I think what Dylan did so exquisitely with this was like, he, it almost looks like this strange, like when I was a kid, do you remember the movie Explorers with oh, yeah. uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh-huh. and, or was it Joaquin? No, it was, no, it was River, River Phoenix. Yeah. And um, Ethan Hawke. And it was like, you know, he would go to sleep and have these dreams about like the, you know, it was like almost like a circuit board and he would draw, he would wake up and he would draw it. And I mean, like, I think that's what Dylan really hit on here. Like he just nailed the whole sort of like it's like a mainframe almost it's like a strange yeah technological thing it's almost like, like I, it, I yeah no i th- I think in in career wise like i've always sort of lived in this weird region between like you know pure nostalgia and like cyberpunk right and yeah. i think that this what i love about the the way this came together was that like all of the it sort of checked all the boxes it just made all it made so much sense the way it came together and i've i've been really stoked about it man i think it's going to be super cool like to get it out and show it to people yeah it's sort of like a tesseract like yeah crystal computer retro <laughs> but like futurist it's it's very much its own thing um and i think when people see it I, I think it it's going to convey exactly what the music is. It's going to make sense. And, if it, you know, it's interesting, Eric, because it reminds me it's as bold or as confident and distinct as like Neil's work visually. Yeah. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Wow. I call it me impressed. I'm excited to buy it. So what else <laughs> we want to talk about with uh, with the record and things that... Um, we should cover 
we'll make sure we give the time and space because I think, you know, this release is really special. No, I mean, I think you've, I think you've hit it, man. Like I'm the, you know, the thing about it that I always come back to is like, I'm, I'm grateful that there's a space to, you know, talk about this stuff, but I'm also grateful for the people out there that are like making the time to like talk about the stuff like you guys and like Aaron and, you know, like, I think that it's, it's cool. Like I'm, I'm grateful that we, I'm grateful we can just make this music and have this strange experiment and see it like sort of seep out into the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm grateful he opened the zip file. <laughs> but, but I'm really Blame surprised. Blame it on the COVID. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I, I'm, I always joke like Matt, that you have like 800 things going on at once. Um, cause he I, does. I don't even understand how you keep track of the half of the, the projects that you do. Um, so I'm happy. I just, that... I just, I just like making music. Like, I think that, you know, I did it backwards. I didn't kind of come out and go, I'm going to make, make music and that's going to be my job. Like I had a job, I had a desk job and I was doing that. And I was like, I didn't really understand the process of like having some sort of self ownership over like being creative. And over time I started to realize that like, you know, this is who I am. You know, I, for a while it was like, I had this, these like two sides. It was like Bruce Wayne and Batman or whatever. Like it was like, you know, and I just didn't want to talk about it. I didn't, I, I worked a full-time job in Nashville at a desk and no one in that office knew that I made music because I just never talked about it. And I think that like, you know, if there's anything that I'm grateful for at this point, it's that we can make music and use our voice and say things with that voice and hopefully, you know, inspire other people to like make music and do things. And because surely like, I mean, that's how Eric and I are both are like, we've been influenced by other people and I'm just, I'm grateful for it, man. I'm just, I'm super grateful that, that, you know, Andrew said yes and decided to put the record out and that we get to like push it out in the world and see where it goes. Cause the cool thing about releasing music is like, once you do it, it's like, we don't really own it anymore. It's like, it's right. belong. Well, yeah. It belongs to people out there that they can yep. listen to it and have their own experience with it. So I'm just grateful for that, man. Like, I think that's a cool experience. It's it. The whole thing has been a cool experience. It's been great. Yeah. All right, cool. We've talked about this. Now let's talk about, both of you individually, because you both, aside from this release, have a bunch of stuff that's going on. So, Matt, it's been a hot minute. Um, yeah. What is going on in your world? You've got a record coming out, Ship to Shore, what you talked about. Uh, let's start there. Roughly, do you know when it's coming out? I don't. So this year, I actually have three records. I'll have this one. I've got the ship to shore thing, which we're talking about. And then I have a record with electronic with electric dreams. Um, and yeah, I mean like it's, it's a weird time, man. It's like, it's been a weird, like I said, like I was looking at the release schedule and it was like the last proper things I did with were endless destiny and time. And then since then it's been kind of like, I've been doing a lot of stuff online. I've been doing a lot of scoring. Um, and so it's been, I don't know, it's it's been offset by COVID and by everything. And I think that it's cool to see stuff finally starting to kind of come back and, and happen again. So for me, I've got, you know, I'm obviously I'm very focused on Wayfinder right now. Um, the Ship to Shore record, which is titled Rubicon, um, will hopefully happen sometime later this year. And then I've got a, a, a record with EDR um, that's called FM. Um, which I'm super stoked about. It'll, uh, it's right now it's being mastered. The artwork will be by Chrome and lightning and, Damn. um, and, uh, it's got a, it's got a, somehow it's got a feature on it with, uh, Mitch murder and Yate. Um, so I'm, I'm extremely excited just to be putting music out again. Like, I think it's, it's been a, a cool experience, like just, you know, coming back into it and, and getting stuff out, back out into the world. So I want to talk about something that's dear and important to me um, is the 8888 repress still dead in the water. Right. 
Yeah, I, I completely blew it on the 10 years. So we're we're like uh, looking at the 15 years. The packaging is already sort of there. Um, Casper Newbolt, who did the original artwork, Version Industries, he's kind of reassessing it. Um, I've got liner notes written by Aaron Velling from Velingo. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a 15-year thing. I think that um, it's weird, man. Like I... You know, the process of making that record was one that was very interesting and very new. I had never scored anything before, and then the record just sort of happened. And it sort of set the course for me for the rest of my life as far as, like, how I make music and how I interpret things. And, um, again, like, that's a collaboration in its own way. You know, like, I, Joey and his writing partner, Sean... Wilson came to me and they had this short film, 8888, and they were like, do you want to score it? And, you know, I learned a lot from that process, um, just in terms of collaboration and in terms of um, processing other people's work through the prism of, of my brain and my work. And I'm forever grateful for it, man. I really am. Um, yeah, vinyl, the vinyl like lead times killed the 10 year possibility and it was a huge bummer. Um, but 15 years, I think is gonna, is gonna be the one. So we're putting it all together, getting it all, you know, where it needs to be, but it, it will happen. That's good. Cause I, I, people talk about it and you know, it's still, Ky it's... Kyle needs another copy. Yeah. He needs a fifth or sixth <laughs> copy of it. <laughs> he has every single variant. He does. Future Eric, it was hilarious. When I showed up in Minneapolis, he came out and he said, I have all this vinyl and I want you to sign all of it. And I just sat in his kitchen and signed <laughs> all of them. Because I mean I was impressive. It really was. It was like um it was incredible. Like I was that's really cool. To, to me personally, yeah, exactly. Like, to me personally, like that's the, the craziest thing. Like it's so yeah, exciting to me that someone cared enough to to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Eric, yeah. what's going on with you? Let's talk. Um, I have a few things going on aside from Wayfinder. Um, been writing with Hyperlink Dream Sync ever since we added Haley to the band. Um, we have like 14 demos. Um, a lot of them are like super fleshed out, pretty much done. Um, we're just in that phase right now where we're trying to figure out what to do with it, trying to find the right home for the release, and then touching it up a little bit. Um, what else? What a boon that she was nominated for a Juno. Right? Right. Craziness. So earned, so though. Cool. Yeah, yeah right. for sure. Like, it's just one of the coolest people. She really is. What I thought was so rewarding about that recognition on her part is, you know, she obviously was in a band and then it has always really treaded her own path, you know, with musically... And has continued to do that with each record that she's put out. She's pushed further and further into doing her own thing. And it's, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, to talk to her about her kind of being really, I won't say apprehensive, but like, oh, I don't really, you know, know if people are going to be into it or, or whatnot. And then to turn around and to be nominated for a Juno is like one of the ultimate validations of, you know, right. like trusting your so gut, amazing. acknowledgement of, such a great artist and that, you know, that she's still in this sort of synth wave scene. It's, it, it was really, you know, it was hard not to feel proud for her as well. Right. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and like another, awesome. another OG telefuture artist, which is kind of amazing yeah. in, in, in its own way. Like I, yeah, I, I will, I, I can only sing praises for Haley. I mean, she's, She's a singular, you know, unique artist and she, she forges her own path. And, you know, she's, when she sent me the, the kind of, she sent me a bunch of roughs for, for not okay. And it was like, you know, I was floored by that record. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a, it's an amazing album. And for her to get recognized like that on that stage, I, I was not surprised, but I was super excited for her. Like, I think that's such a cool thing. Yeah, I think it's like probably yeah. the biggest thing that's happened to anyone that's come out of the out of the scene proper. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the other thing 
about her is just she just makes everything so much better. Like me and Neil will come up with demos and they sound cool, and then like she just takes them to this level that we didn't even expect. She literally just makes all her music sound better. She's like a cheat code, <laughs> <laughs> a She's game awesome. genie. <laughs> but yeah. Um, aside from that, I did a soundtrack called "To the Necrodancer" with Tommy eighty six and Jonatron. Um, and that is going to be released on vinyl, hopefully later this year. So stoked about that. Um, I can't say where who's putting it out yet, but that expect that also have a French house. Cause that's, that's another part of my roots. Um, I, I definitely come from like an IDM background, but I got super into French house and like Daft Punk was God. Um, all their side, their side labels obsessed with so much. So I got involved in this community in like 2003. Uh, it was called the Daft Crew, and there are a bunch of artists on there making French Touch stuff. And I I started like uploading back then under the name Club Soda, which is a super sick name. And uh, yeah, just found this guy named Rex Ronan. Dude is insanely talented producer. Uh, him and I hooked up recently, and we have a project called Chariots of Fury. And Haley actually sings on a couple of the tracks, so nice. That should be coming out this year as well. Uh, but the main focus is, um, aside from Wayfinder, obviously, Hyperlink Dream Sync. Like that's all my time and energy is going into that. That's another, you know dream team collaboration and i love that we're in this uh, space where all of you can you can just do whatever you want there's that absolute freedom yeah Um, yes absolutely because you remember back in the 90s like and this might be a lame uh, example but when the queen of the dam soundtrack was made jonathan davis's record company did not allow him to be on the physical release of the record. So there's all these barriers and red tape of like, oh, you could be in a project, but you can only do it in this kind of way where they're you all gotta you gotta quit fucking with corn, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and now it be but you know, y'all could do whatever you want in any way that you want to do it and have that. There's this network now of support where you can get it pressed. You can get it out into the world and recognized and get it to the people that are going to love it the most. And that's what I like, you know, be it Andrew or, you know, any of the other record labels, like people turn to them for a very specific sound that is unique to them. And that means that you can get to the audience who's going to love it the most without right. the bullshit. You know, I'm sure the algorithms are great, but to be drowned out by however many releases in electronic or whatever it is, it's hard to find that where it's going to land. And with this release, because it is sort of very unique, you know, like Andrew putting it out, you're going to make sure that it's it's going to land to the people that want it the most. And the excitement, I mean, I posted about it on Facebook or Twitter, and people were like, when is it coming out? And what's, is it Data Wave? And it's like, well, we'll settle <laughs> down. It's, it's coming soon. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a... Um... In a lot of ways, it's like a throwback. I mean, I feel like it's a, I don't know, man. Like when I, when I got into what if, when I started getting into like modular really heavily, like modular synth music, you know, one of the things I appreciated about it was that like you did a thing, you, you made a patch. And then when you pulled that patch, it was gone. You know, you couldn't save it. And I think there's a part of that sort of old school sort of graffiti culture, you know, that lives on in that it's like a you just sort of throw it out there and see what happens and it's not a no one's sitting here like overthinking it and trying to think think about like you know what how do we game the algorithm or do whatever like i just i just just want to make some music and put it out into the world and you know if it means something to somebody great you know and um yeah i mean that i in a lot of ways i i look at this release and i'm like that's what defined it i mean it was just sort of trying to make something cool and trying to see where it would go. And it, it, the work would like tell us where it needed to go, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate both your guys' time today. Thanks for chatting about the record. Um, I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. I'm excited to get it myself. Um, so don't have anything else. I think, I think we're good. I really appreciate your time guys. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. We're going to, I'm going to send a super special shout out to Kyle. <laughs> Feel better. I hope I meet you someday. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping too. All right, guys, until next time. This is Eric.